0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Faster Masters Rowing Radio, where having a rowing coach only makes you better. Following a program gives you a true pathway to becoming a confident rower who is respected by your peers. Become the athlete you want to row with. I'm Marlene Royal, and this week, Rebecca Caro is away, so I will be your host for this episode of Faster Masters Rowing Radio. Please share the live stream with your social media account as this helps bring us new listeners. And for our live listeners, please tell us where you're joining from and write in the comments below the live stream. First, we'll have a message from our sponsors. The sponsor of today's podcast is U.S. Rowing Masters Conference. This is a conference just for masters. U.S. Rowing is hosting a one-day event focused on masters-specific educational content. It is designed for both masters athletes and coaches. Run virtually. It's on Saturday. That's this coming Saturday, April second. The world's first event runs at eleven a.m. Eastern Time U.S. and goes through five thirty p.m. Eastern Time. The leading speakers are covering club management. Practical skills, wellness. Myself and Rebecca, we are both speaking at four thirty Eastern time. They have two tracks running at the same time. My topic is "Age Well, Row Well," where I'm going to do a big overview of how do we combine biomechanics, rigging, aging, joint protection, technique, drills, uh, injury prevention. How do we roll this all up into one ball so that we are rowing well and aging well and um, continuing to perform the best that we can? Because remember, the first way to go faster is to learn how not to slow down. So that's what I'm going to be talking about. Rebecca is going to be talking about um, how to manage a master club, but they're, they're really, really great great topics coming up um, among ours, of course. And the keynote speaker is going to be Dr. Stephen Seeler, and he's going to talk about appropriate training for master's athletes, which you definitely want to sign into that talk. Um, then we're going to hear about transitioning master's from learn to row to members. Jim Dietz and Mark Wilson of All-American Rowing, they're going to talk about the boat, the oars, and you how to set yourself up for comfort and efficient sculling. There's going to be some talks about uh, how to structure your your training program, how to use data effectively. Uh, Liz Foucault, who does a lot of work for U.S. Rowing, is a nutritionist, and she's going to talk about nutrition and hydration for master's athletes, how to retain master's athletes. Um, Will Ruth, and Blake Gorley are going to do a presentation on strength training for masters athletes. Uh, Rebecca and I are both talking at the same time um, we follow up Ruth and goarly um, keep in mind that if you register for the conference everything will be recorded so you you if you catch it live that's great but you can you can access everything uh, afterwards as well and the day concludes with Mark Novak who's the physical therapist for the US team and he's going to talk about prehab for masters athletes. Now there are three different types of tickets available and I will put up here in our the link to find the conference on the US rowing website. Um, There are three different types of tickets. The individual conference pass is seventy-nine dollars. This gets you full access to all the live sessions, and it's intended for one person. There is a boathouse pass, which is two hundred and ninety-nine dollars, which is intended for an entire boathouse to gain access to the conference, um, to have access to the live sessions and the recordings. And then there's an individual conference pass with championship membership for. $129. And um, I believe that you do not have to be a U.S. rowing member to join the conference. So anyone who is outside of U.S. rowing, um, you know, please take a look and earmark Saturday, April 2nd for your conference day. You know, I think it's coming up. It's going to be going to be a really, really great event for us. Now, this podcast wouldn't be possible, obviously, without without your help. Um, if you enjoy listening to Faster Masters Rowing Radio, and you would like to support the show, you may support the show with the donation starting at $1. And just go to fastermastersrowing.com slash podcast. And um, you can put in your donation there. And we, we certainly appreciate it. Um, it definitely helps cover some of the costs of putting on the the podcast every week for you. Now, today we have a guest from Casper, Wyoming. Hey, welcome. I'm glad to see you. (laughs) Nice to have you here. And um, we're going to be talking about an article that Rebecca wrote recently And it was posted in the online magazine called British Rowing Plus. And what I was going to, what I am going to do today is I'm going to read the article um, because there was some really good content in this article that we wanted to put out to our listeners. And also it gives you an example of some of the things that Rebecca and I are doing when we're offline or off, off the air in order to help um, promote Masters rowing and help further Masters rowing training along. And, oh, we have a listener from Wellington, New Zealand. We can't see your name because you're listed as a Facebook user, but nice to have you here and here we go. Um, Rebecca's article is called Goals in Measuring Training for Masters. And I'm going to read what it's all about. I think there's some really good tips here, and um, hopefully they'll help you get back on the water, get training, enjoy your training, think a bit about your your training, what you would like to do. So I'm just going to read from the article. How can you improve your rowing? Rebecca Caro, who runs Faster Masters Rowing Training and Education Programs, shares her top tips in our latest article in the Masters series. And this was on British Rowing Plus, and the link is here in the banner below. Much of the satisfaction gained from rowing comes from measuring progress. Whether you are a recreational athlete or a top-level master competing international, we humans like to track our direction of travel. Well, what goals could I have? There are two types of goals, process goals and measured achievement goals. First, process goals include both objective and subjective aspects. These could be keeping my blades longer in the water or making specific technique improvements. Mental training can also include goals such as not allowing yourself to quit during an ERG or arriving at the boathouse before the outing time so that you can do a dynamic warm-up. Second, objective goals are measurable such as a time-distance workout Olympic gold medalist Brad Allen Lewis wrote a book, Lido for Time, as he tracked his time rowing around Lidl Isle in Newport Beach, California. Other objectives include accountability, like a chart of the number of times that you train each week. If you race, you will want to plan your rowing season. This involves choosing one big winter and one big summer race event. Typically, these will be a head race in winter or fall and side by side racing in the summer. These goals require a peak performance for the race and your training program will need to reflect the race date and include a progressive training taper for 10 to 14 days beforehand. If you want to learn more about writing peaking programs, the book Consistent Winning is a core text, and I highly recommend that. That's a book I discovered many, many years ago, and it's been very instrumental in um, some of my coaching and programming. Jared Day is a racing master at Buffalo Rowing Club in Eastern Cape, South Africa, who takes his short, medium, and long-term performance goals and factors them into his training regime and his meal plan. He is training for the World Rowing Coastal Championships and Saunders Foot Wales this year. As a recreational rower, your goals probably won't necessitate adjusting your training program to the same extent, but they do require focus and measurement. No goal is worth having if you cannot track progress towards it. And I second that, Rebecca, absolutely. Um, You have to know what you have to know what success is or how you define success. And in order to do that, you need to track it so that you have some way to know, are you moving closer to what your ideal is? Elizabeth Burt of Riverfront Rowing in Hartford, Connecticut, agrees. She says, since the pandemic, I've only sculled and came to the realization that what I love to do is just long rows on the Connecticut River. And not worry about meters or stroke rate. I push myself to get a good workout, but I stop keeping track of the metrics. And isn't it so important? And oh, we have a listener from Wilmington, North Carolina. <clears throat> she says, let's get some good goals. I agree. I agree with you. That must be Daphne. <clears throat> Absolutely. Goals are, <clears throat> excuse me, very, very important. Um, on one hand, but goals don't have to be strict. You can, you, they can be measurable, but as I said, you know, what you have to look at is what, what defines success for you and, um, what helps you know that you're moving in the right direction. That's really what's, what's important to us. So personal goals could include improved fitness, weight loss, or acquiring blade work skills. For these, you also need to understand what will help you move towards your goal. Will you need longer or more intensive training to get fitter, or gym work using weights to counter osteoporosis? Blade work skill is acquired through drill and exercises, and then testing yourself as you increase stroke rates and pressures. So choose good drills and get yourself videoed doing a few strokes so you can see actually what's going on when when you're rowing. And we have a hello from Linda Jacobson Thornton from Fort Worth, Texas. And love the picture, Linda. This is excellent. (laughs) Good to have you with us. And whatever goals you choose, write them down and put a diary note to retest or reassess your progress every six weeks through the year. And to some of our listeners out there now, do you struggle to set goals? How do you set goals? If you have questions or comments, you know, put put them in our comments and you know, let's talk about them while we have some time here on the podcast. Moving on, Trafford Rowing Club's Susie Lotus and Susie was a guest on our Faster Masters Rowing Radio just a couple of episodes ago, so we we definitely encourage you to Check out that podcast with Susie. Trafford Rowing Club Susie Lotus is vice captain for the recreational squad. This group is made up of everyone who does not want to race. Hear that, guys? Does not want to race or can't commit to the racing squad's training plans or formal racing. Yet they still race in the northwest of England Explorer Series, where crews visit different clubs in the region and race with others, and the host clubs provide the boats. So that, that's a really, really fun format. You know, if you're not able to commit to a full-on training program and racing schedule, you can still organize with clubs around you to go have scrimmage races and go, you know, have fun time trials or fun challenges. And um, the tradition here in the the Northwest series is that you go and you visit a club. The club provides the boats, you have a great outing, you do some races, you enjoy yourself, and then you can go home and you don't have to deal with trailering boats and rigging and all of these types of things, but you can have a great day and get to know the people who row in your clubs and other areas. Susie explains, the event series is aimed at post learn to row crews, adaptive crews, and those who don't want to race. Our goals are to explore more of the Bridgewater Canal and race the Explorer series in stable coxed quads. These races involve crews of five to eight people. We do five sprints over approximately 500 meters on the day, and the cake afterwards is compulsory. I don't think you ever talk about a a rowing regatta without some element of food. So, ways to measure your rowing. Hello, Jeanette from. Dundas, Ontario. Ways to measure rowing. Tony Tiku of Poriro Rowing Club in New Zealand uses a Garmin watch, which he trains with on the water, and a Sensei app and the Concept2 monitor for his land-based rowing machine workouts. By contrast, James Holmes Seedle of Putney Town Rowing Club uses data goals on the water for the Masters women's squad he coaches at Putney Town Rowing Club. One session he likes is to set a 500 meter split from a 200 meter piece. So you get that, guys, you row 250 meters, then you have to take that time and try to go for 500 meters. So one session he likes to set is a 500 meter split from a 250 meter piece and then he gets the crew to achieve the same split for 500 meters, 750 meters, and 1k during the same outing. That sounds pretty tough to me. He confesses that his squad laughs at the amount of data he collects, and he explains, if I make a rigging change or a technique change, data is really the only way to know if it was worth it. Since masters are training over the very long term, I like to describe myself as a lifer. Now, remember, this is Rebecca's article here. So Rebecca's describing herself as a lifer. There will be times when we do less or more rowing. It's important to come back into training slowly, to be gentle on your body. Because even a week off for a holiday means masters cannot just get back in the boat and do the same distance or the same time on the water that they could beforehand. Yes, transitions are a bit harder for us as we get older. But, you know, that's one of the reasons why we push home the idea of of being consistent. Consistency is is key to maintenance. As a result, goals need to be recalibrated and expectations managed, which can be easier said than done. Remember, this is these are Rebecca's words. She knows what he's talking about. (laughs) So. Please join the discussion, tell us what your goals are and how how do you, to our listeners now, how do you track progress and um, what are your goals for this season? At the end of the article, Rebecca offers us some resources and rowing measurement suggestions that we can take advantage of. So measuring training, can be done in many different ways. Here are some ideas. An app or a speed coach will track both speed, distance, and rate. You can download your data and use the website rosendall.com, that's R-O-W-S-A-N-D-A-L-L.com to analyze your workouts. Distance move per stroke or meters per stroke at rate 18 is a good measure of your base steady paddling speed. So even if you're not racing, this is still something that can help you measure are you getting better during the season. So if you're rowing rate 18 and you see that you're traveling more distance per stroke, more meters per stroke, or you row 18 for 30 minutes and you're going farther, then you know that you're getting better as long as it's not related to current. Another way um, is a 20 minute ERG test. Of course, this is my favorite. We'll measure your fitness progress and retesting can be done monthly. This test also allows you to set your training performance categories for training. So we talk about these tests in the Faster Masters 5, the Faster 5, in our fitness assessment, which is on fastermastersrowing.com. And The 20 minute test gives you a very good reading of what you can use as a basis to determine your performance paces. So you take the average of your 20 minute test. And from that, we derive six different category paces. And depending on what the workout is, you know for that particular intensity, for that particular goal of the workout, that this is the exact speed range that that you should be targeting. And it helps you a lot because it makes sure that you train slow enough when you're supposed to train low enough. And it makes sure that you train hard enough when you're supposed to train high enough. And it's a very good way. So again, um, these are in the Faster Five fitness assessment, which you can find on fastermastersrowing.com in our product section. And if you do subscribe to one of our regular subscriptions, the Faster 5 is included in your membership su- subscription. Heart rate is not a good measure of training intensity, but has its uses. Um, you can listen to more on this. Rebecca and I did talk about the benefits or I would say the, the advantages and disadvantages of using heart rate in a in a podcast a couple of weeks ago. And um, heart rate just has so many variabilities. If you're fatigued, if you're dehydrated, if you're training in a hot environment, um, your heart rate is going to be higher than usual. If um, you look at your, your heart rate as intensity, you have to you have to correlate to some that to something. So you have to make you have to go in, into a physiological lab or have a lactate test and know what your maximum heart rate is or what your markers are at anaerobic threshold and aerobic threshold in order to know what what the heart rate means. And it's perfectly fine to do that, but you know that you have to regularly do a blood test with that in order to know. What those measurements are, and you have to retest them every couple of months because your your fitness changes, and as your fitness changes, your markers are going to change. So doing a 20-minute erg test actually gives you quite accurate information, and you can bypass the whole testing of the blood finger test for lactate if you if you would like to. Um, Another way to measure training might be to row set distances regularly as time trials at fixed stroke rates. Record your time and the weather conditions. I I like these types of sessions and I use these sessions quite a bit. Um, Some of my favorites are stroke rate 22 for 30 minutes and you measure your distance. You repeat that for four to six weeks, and you know, from week to week, you you want to see what your progress is. So it helps you develop some stroke efficiency, see how far you're pushing the boat. Um, you could also do that at stroke rate 24. You, you can manipulate these variables depe- depending what you like, but it's it's a nice way to measure progress, measure distance without feeling like it's an all-out kind of trial situation. And um, and the goal is to row better and move move the boat farther at a set stroke rate. You can also row a set time, and simply record the distance. So, uh, if you're on the water, I would say that's my 20 minutes. That's our 20 minutes on the erg. Um, you can you can measure the overall distance. <clears throat> you can focus on improving your average split. So those are some of the tips for our more competitive. Masters, if you are a non-racing Masters, here's some things that you can do to um, set some goals and again, add a little bit of measurement into your training just to make sure that you know that things are moving in the right direction. You can do a time trial over a local course and just see how far you go, right? Do you have a, do you have a set home course. I always, I like to, I like to have set home courses. If you've got a set home course, for example, you row from here to that buoy and back. And at the beginning of the season, that took you 15 minutes. And then you do that course again. And maybe by, you know, then you, maybe you get it down to 12 minutes by the end of the season. That could be a home course where you're just, you know, saying, I'm going to go around the island or, Something like that, that that is a a typical course you like to do, and and you can measure that from week to week or whenever you're inspired to do it when you have perfect water conditions. Uh, We have a question here from Mustang Chef. So at what intensity do you row the 20-minute? 50% pain, 75%, 95% pain. Okay, great question. And I will answer it as honestly as I can um it's a test so with that said um you want to row the the best effort that you can on the day so in an ideal world if it's a test you know you're cooked by the last stroke that's it like you can get to the last stroke but that's it you know there's there's nothing left in the tank at the end however it is a twenty-minute test, so obviously you can't row one hundred percent every single stroke. Max, 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 max. Okay, so at a twenty-minute test, you know you ha- you have to figure out where where your point is to manage the best average split that you can. The ideal the ideal is to to zero in on the best average split that you can and sit on it and be able to hold that the, the whole time. Um if it's that that's kind of a measure of your anaerobic threshold so from a 100% effort you're probably going to be about I I would guess like 80 85%, 85 to 90% depending on how How fit you are. but you know the goal in the beginning is is try to establish the best average pace that you can. Um, if you've never done this before, you might you might have to try it a, f- a few different times. Like, for example, you pick a split, and I'm gonna say to say you pick two fifteen. You think you can do two fifteen. You start at two fifteen and you know you get five minutes into this and you just realize, oh, boy, you know, that's just too fast for what I can do right now. I would just, you know, row out your workout. You know, don't don't consider that that's really going to be your 20-minute test anymore. Row out. Do something else. Come back to it again in a few days. And if you felt 215 for your first one was too fast, try 217 and start, you know, warm up. Start rowing 217. And you want something that's challenging. Comfortably hard, like you have to concentrate on this. However, you want to be able to try to hold this for the duration of 20, 20 minutes. So um, if you come back to it again on a second attempt, try two seventeen. And if you can hold that and you know, you might have to concentrate on it and really focus on it. But if you can hold that, then go with it. You know, if you find that you're blowing up really badly midway through, then again, that pace was probably too fast for you to start at wait a few days try it again readjust okay so sometimes when you're doing the first one and and you can also do the same thing on the water but sometimes when you're doing the first one you don't really know where you're at so you might have to try it a few times so i would say that the initial goal is a split that you can hold or you can even increase a little bit during during the piece but if you see that you're like really starting to fade and lose it, then, you know, then you probably over challenge yourself. But once you zero in a, on, a, on a split, that's pretty manageable. You know, you want to be able to stay on that red line um, and, and push it all the way to the end. You know, you, you want to be pretty well done by the time you get to the end of the 20 minutes, because you want to feel like that was an honest reading of what you're, Capacity is on on a given day, so I hope I hope that helps. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, but um, but you know, getting a good reading on what your fitness is does help you train at very accurate training paces, and and that becomes very important to prevent overtraining and make sure that your your progress you know is moving in the direction that you want it to during the season. So thank you for the question. Some tips for our non-racing masters. Um, again, we talked about do a time trial over your local course, island to island, buoy to buoy, lap the lake, and uh, stay you know stay on a certain course, and then you know have that as a club, as a club row, for example. Um, another goal: how many technical goals? How many strokes can you row with your blades off the water? That's a performance goal. I think we could all probably benefit from that. Um, how Endurance. What distance can you row before you need to take a break, right? So maybe when you first started rowing, you weren't in very good shape. And, you know, you rowed for two minutes and you stopped. And then you rowed for five minutes and then you stopped. And then you worked up to the point that you could row 25 minutes before you stopped. You know, those are all little measures of progress that, you know, tell us that things are moving in the right direction. Try to row with fewer breaks or chatter. I'm not a fan of talking in the boat. um, And when I row a single, I don't have anybody to talk to. However, um, in team boats, it can be sometimes, you know, people like to chat a lot. Um, The more you can row longer, the more you're breathing, listen to your breathing. This is what we call the talk test. You can Judge how hard you're working by whether it's easy for you to breathe. Can you breathe through your nose? Can you breathe through your mouth? Um, Try coxing. That's another performance goal for a non-racing master. Can you steer the best possible course through a bridge or along a riverbank without oversteering? Um, If you're normally a sweep rower, learn to scull or learn to row the opposite sides. You know, these are all ways to expand your skills and increase your enjoyment. So this was Rebecca's article that was in British Rowing Plus. It's currently online, and um, the link will be in the show notes. So if you'd like a copy of it, you can you can go there. And um, you know, we'd love to hear from you. And if anyone else if anyone else has any training questions, you know what what are your big goals or you know how do you how do you address? Rowing time trials, you know, it does it? Do you have the same nerves like you do the night before a race, or do you just get up? You just get up and do it, and you you know what you're going to do. You know, everybody, everybody um, approaches time trials differently. But the I think the important message in Rebecca's article was measure your training in some way. It can be dependent on what works for you. Um, and, you know, there there are things like um, really simple tools that don't require any devices. There is the rate of perceived exertion scale. So perhaps we take one of these examples that you go out and you row stroke rate 18. And, you know, pretty firm pressure moving right along you see how many meters per stroke you're moving the boat. And another way that you could pay attention to this is, you know, I rode 30 minutes at stroke rate 18. And when I first started the season, that felt like on a scale of one to 10, that felt pretty hard to me. That felt like a seven. And then as you get fitter and you move into the season, you might say, hey, rowing 30 minutes at 18, you know what, now that feels like a five to me. That's also a measure of improvement because that's your perceived effort rating. So if you felt that when you first started, you weren't in very good shape, and that was a seven, and now you can do the same thing, and that feels like a five, then you know that you've gained some some fitness here. And so those are, those are ways to look at, you know, how do you, how do you gather small wins? You know, training is all about adding up the little wins and, um, you know, having small ways to measure, having ways to set goals. Um, You could, you know, look at how do you have to adjust your habits? You know, if you always had a habit of, getting to the boathouse right on time and you want to start a new habit of getting to the boathouse five minutes beforehand, you know, maybe you need to think about your morning routine and getting up a little bit earlier or allowing, you know, if you really like to have your coffee and your muffin in the morning before you go row, you know, don't crowd your morning, get up in time, allow yourself to gain some composure in the beginning of the day and if that means, you know, getting up a little bit earlier and taking a bit more time before you jump into your day, then it then it's worth it because it's going to reflect in the in the rest of the day. Well, I'd like to thank everyone f- for being with us today. We have Linda from Fort Worth, Jeanette from Ontario, Mustang Chef is coming to us from Michigan. Still cold up there in Michigan right now and um, Casper, Wyoming, and Wellington, New Zealand. So thank you, everyone, for joining us today. This has been another edition of Faster Masters Rowing Radio, where having a rowing coach only makes you better. Following a program gives you a true pathway to becoming a confident rower who is respected by your peers. Become the athlete that you want to row with. And thank you, everyone. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your spring. And, oh, I'm going to stop for a moment. We do have a question. Fitness evaluations have become less anxiety-inducing over time, Jeanette tells us. After a few years, I no longer stress about them most of the time. And that, that's a good point, Jeanette, because it's about practice. And I think when you include tests on a frequent basis, they become more familiar, and you have a routine of how to approach those tests. And if you avoid them for months and months and months, they take. there's a lot of uh, resistance to getting started. If you do them on a regular basis, they're part of your practice, and making it part of a practice is, is really important. And I'm going to jump in here to Mustang Chef says, Lance Armstrong developed a high pedal rate to conserve energy especially on hills. Is it better to row a higher number stroke rate with less pressure? It depends. Um, I would say this is where rigging comes in, gearing comes in, and your physiology comes in. Because depending on, you know, there are people who like to row low, with a bit heavier load and a little bit lower stroke rate, and they find that's more efficient from their physiology. There are other people that like slightly higher turnover, or we can do the same thing on the ERG. They like slightly higher turnover. They like to lower slightly higher rating. That works better for them. Um, My answer would be experiment. Experiment with time trials. Um, Experiment, for example, in your boat. Try different rigging adjustments. And we have in our rigging um, webinar on Faster Masters rowing, uh, Volker Nolte goes into oar settings and how to adjust oars and and actually experiment with that in quite a lot of detail. But you have to you have to try this according to your rigging or your drag and your particular physiology and see what works because um, you know. It depends on your stroke length in the water, depends on the conditions, headwind, tailwind. So there are a lot of factors, but there will be one stroke rate range where you're going to see that you really feel more efficient at that rating. And it's easier for you to maintain that rating at your given race pace um, over, over a longer period of time. So this is where time trials play a really important role so that you can measure how your rate of per- perceived exertion. You can measure res- your results. You can feel um, how you felt the boat move and what was effective because there is no right or wrong. It's, it's going to be what works best for you and what helps you um, maintain the, the, best, the best momentum. So I hope that helps and we'll be talking more as the season progresses and I'd like to thank Jeanette and Mustang Chef Linda and everyone and this is Marlene Royal and I'm signing off for myself and Rebecca and this edition of Faster Masters Rowing Radio. So thank you everyone and have a great week. Enjoy your spring.